Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Kriebendruck Stock Market News. In this podcast, I summarize and explain every trading day and what is moving the markets so that you can spot the bull in every scenario. New episodes are released every weekday. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. As always, I will start by talking about what is moving U.S. bonds and equities. The big event of this week is certainly has been the Fed interest rate hike. The Federal Reserve raised the federal funds rate by another 25 basis points instead of opting for a pause. Something very interesting is happening in the market at the moment. In this podcast, I have said the phrase good news is bad news many times. In 2022 and even at the beginning of 2023, Wall Street reacted positively to data that showed a slowdown of the economy and it reacted negatively to data that would usually be seen as a positive indicator, for example, a very resilient labor market. The reason for that is a slowing economy would ultimately mean that the Fed does not have to stay as hawkish as they would have to be when the labor market, for example, stays very resilient, which would make it very difficult to win the battle against inflation and restore price stability. However, now the market seems to be less focused on inflation and broad economic data, but much more focused on financial stability. Wall Street still believes that the Fed will not be as hawkish as Jer Jerome Powell says it will be, even though Jay Powell has made it clear many times that the Fed will stay hawkish until price stability has been restored and that overall financial stability, despite the events we're currently witnessing within the banking sector, is not in jeopardy. The big question for investors still remains how much further will the Fed go and how will the previous interest rate hikes affect the economy? I believe that the Fed has to stay hawkish until we see a slowdown in the labor market. When talking about this, I usually refer to what Larry Summers said in a Bloomberg Wall Street Week interview a couple of weeks ago. He said that in order to get inflation down, you need to get wage inflation significantly down. And in order for that to happen, we need to see slack in the labor market, meaning that we need to see a significant cool down of the labor market. However, the U.S. labor market remains incredibly resilient. According to Bloomberg, U.S. unemployment benefits eased now for a second week, which shows that we are still dealing with a very tight labor market. What is important now is what will happen between now and May. In May, we will get the next Fed decision, and it is important to consider what data is the most important data for the Fed, or what data mostly influences the next Fed rate hike decision. Kathy Jones, fixed income strategist at Charles Schwab, said in a Bloomberg interview today with Jonathan Farrow that the unemployment data continues to be important, especially jobless claims and the wage numbers. The good thing is indeed that we have seen a slowdown in wage growth. However, I believe that in order for that to continue, we need, like Larry Summers said, slack in the labor market. Let us take a look at some quotes from Jerome Powell from the press conference this week. Some things he said stood out to me because they show how committed the Fed is to bringing back inflation to the 2% target. Jerome Powell said, and I quote, inflation pressures continue to run high. We remain committed to bringing inflation back down to our 2% goal and to keep longer term inflation expectations well anchored. 
The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. Especially the last sentence, is likely to be bumpy, truly shows that the Fed is clearly taking into account that the price we must pay in order to win the battle against inflation is a clear slowdown of the economy. Bloomberg has summarized Powell's message of uh, the interest rate hike uh, that we saw yesterday on Wednesday very nicely. It basically is that the Fed does not know what credit impact banks will have, but they do know that inflation remains too high. Powell may raise interest rates at least one more time, and he will leave them at a high level, meaning that we will not get rate cuts this year, or at least they're not planned by the Federal Reserve. Throughout the process, the Fed remains data dependent. The market, on the other hand, believes that we will indeed get rate cuts of around 80 basis points this year, and that expectation will, I believe, cause a lot of downward pressure on stocks, because the Fed will keep pushing against that expectation of rate cuts this year. Let us take a look at some major U.S. indices. The S&P 500 closed today's trading day in the green with around three-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq 100 finished the trading day. Um, up by 1.3% and the Dow Jones Industrial Average finished the trading day in the green by around two-tenths of a percent. Gains in Apple and Microsoft have caused the Nasdaq to move north. Jerome Powell believes that the events in the banking sector remain isolated events, meaning that the Fed has to continue to fight against inflation and will not be influenced so much by the recent events we have seen within the banking sector. U.S. Treasury Secretary, um, on the other hand, said to lawmakers, according to Bloomberg, that the U.S. would be prepared to protect deposits if that is required. And that comment, of course, has put a lot of downward pressure on um, stocks like the stock of Bank of America and Wells Fargo. And it is very interesting how that story will further develop. Let us take a look at the major European indices. The FTSE finished today's trading day in the red with around nine-tenths of a percent. The DAX in the red as well with around 0.04%. And the stock 600 in the red as well with around two-tenths of a percent. European investors seem to be a little more pessimistic about yesterday's rate decision of the Federal Reserve. Investors expected that Jerome Powell would signal an end of interest rate hikes, taking into account the bankruptcy of the Silicon Valley Bank, which has caused a crisis among regional banks in the US. However, Jay Powell did not signal an end of the interest rate hikes and instead came across to be very hawkish. The Handelsblatt newspaper quotes Michael Heise, chief economist at HQ Trust. He said, quote, similar to the EZB, ECB, the uh, Fed relies on a separation of liquidity policy measures to stabilize the banking system and interest rate policy measures to combat inflation. The Fed is thus showing a certain degree of composure in the face of the recent turbulence in the financial market, which makes it even clearer how committed the Fed is to getting inflation back to the 2% target. Andreas Busch, economist at Bandley on Wealth Management, believes, on the other hand, that the Fed will have to cut rates this year because the economy will become under great pressure. The question then remains, and it is a very interesting question, what is actually going to be 
good news for stocks in 2023. If the economy remains resilient, the Fed will stay hawkish, which will put downward pressure on stocks, because the market's already pricing in around 80 basis points of rate cuts this year. However, on the other hand, if we do get rate cuts this year, and this will be because the economy has weakened to such an extent that markets will also be put under a lot of downward pressure. The optimal scenario, and in my opinion, the only really optimistic scenario for equities this year, um, is that we get slight economic weakness to only such an extent that the Fed will cut rates this year, but not to an extent such that the economic weakness itself puts downward pressure on stocks. This, in my opinion, is a very unrealistic scenario. I believe the Fed will either cut rates because of significant economic weakness or keep rates high because the economy remains resilient. Those are two outcomes that will likely put downward pressure on stocks. Last but not least, we will take a look at some individual indices and values. The 10-year treasury yield declined 6 basis points today to around 3.38%. The German 10-year yield declined 13 basis points to 2.2%. And Britain's 10-year yield declined 9 basis points to 3.36%. So that is a lot of downward pressure on treasury yields. Um, at this point, I do not believe that the 10-year treasury yield will decline much further i i do believe that it will go back um maybe 3.9 percent throughout 2023 in fact um previous analyses of mine show that the two-year treasury yield always ends up to be higher than the final um than the final federal funds rate of an interest rate hike cycle meaning that in theory um when you compare it to history the two-year treasury yield actually has to rise above uh, 4.8, 4.9%. The federal funds rate, if it goes all the way up to 5%, the two-year treasury yield has to rise above 5%. So that is what uh, previous interest rate hikes uh, show us. Uh, so it will be very interesting to see how the treasury yields in the U.S. will develop. West Texas intermediate crude fell 2.3% to around $69.25 per barrel. Gold futures increased by 2.6% to $2,018.7 an ounce. And it has been a very rough day for the banking sector. Bank of America and Wells Fargo sank to the lowest level since November 2020, while Pacific West Bancorp finished the trading day at a record low level. And that is it for today's market summary of the Kriptendruck stock market news. Have a great evening and see you tomorrow. Thank you.